Thank you for tuning into the Hope When There Was None podcast. And here we share stories to educate you, to empower you and inspire. So thank you for listening and tuning in. Please do me a favor and share if you have a favorite episode, or maybe you think somebody else that needs a dose of positivity and to maybe break open some of the darkness, let there be light. So thank you again for all of your support and encouragement. I hope you enjoy this episode. And we're live. Hello, it's Melinda. I'm joined by my special gate gate guest, Kate. <laughs> and she's going to share her wonderful story of, oh my gosh, for finding forgiveness. And your story just blew me away when I read the synopsis of it. I just I have a hard time with forgiveness. So I'm gonna let you take it away because this is a very powerful thing for someone to do for a victim, a survivor of a multitude of things. But yours really, really was um, blew my mind. So mm. I'm gonna shush, and I'll <laughs> let you go ahead and talk, Kate. Thank you. Thank you for that, Melinda. Yeah, being in mental health for over a decade now, I've realized I've well, and I've seen so many people struggling with. Um, anxiety, depression, and really repressed grief. And my story is very profound in the fact that I've been an orphan since I was 13. Mm -hmm. And all my family uh, were killed uh, without me being able to stop it or even intervene. And I even had as a little girl, a sixth sense that it was going to be the last day that I was going to see my mother and brother alive, uh, which was the starting of all the deaths that happened in my life. And I'm here to say to people that even during the Christmas holidays, it's it can be very lonely for people that have gone through grief and repression of grief. And I must say that being a mental health uh, advocate, but also having the resources that I have underneath my belt, because I believed in helping myself before I could help others. So I went on a personal journey to do that first. So it wasn't a one done fix all to reach forgiveness. I did all the work that was required, including going through the court system and uh, being a victim impact uh, statement uh, recipient to disclose all of my journey in front of the courts. So I, I went on this journey purposefully purposefully because I wanted to see both sides of the perspective of people not being accountable uh, for their actions. And secondly, for the victims that were left after even my brother's horrific uh, murder. And it was a lot of children. And this is why I'm now speaking up and out about uh, how to reach forgiveness because children are affected if we choose not to forgive because our generations that come before us and even after us do suffer from the same anguish that we hold on to. So this is what propelled me to get on this mission of writing two books that uh, I'm going to disclose later. But it's because I wanted to leave a positive legacy. I didn't mm. want to leave a legacy of pain and suffering like so many people are going through right now, especially during COVID times. But grief can do that to us. Grief can keep us repressed. Grief can keep us very stuck in our mental mindsets. And I'm here to say that because I chose to be free from that, sure, I stu still do have my struggles. Uh, they are, you know, less and less because I choose not to get triggered or realize where the triggers are coming from if they do appear. 
And I'm human, just like anybody else. We do have those lonely times and Christmas holidays, especially I would say from September through to January are rough because I not only lost my family, but I also lost a child in September. Mm -hmm. So I know first and foremost what grief is. So I became certified in grief therapy too, to help people. Uh, so forgiveness is a journey and uh, it's definitely not a destination. So I don't want your listeners to think that uh, I'm the only expert out there. I just know personally, having gone through so much tragedy, so much trauma too, as a child, and been given the label of post-traumatic stress disorder, I decided to make it post-traumatic growth instead. Mm -hmm. uh, and I made that decision to propel me forward because the more we focus on what we want in our life, the more we will bring that to us. So that's what I'm here hopefully to discuss with you. And does that uh, help your listeners a little bit? Yes, I got goosebumps and I do like mm -hmm. that rather than, you know, we label ourselves sometimes with that post-traumatic stress. And, and I like mm -hmm. that, that growth. That sounds amazing. Mm -hmm. And you know what? And, and you just said so much. And I know from the top of my head, there are a few people that are dealing with grief, losing, um, not necessarily COVID, but they've lost family members in one month. Like I know a gal, mm -hmm. she's lost four family members. And so the that month of November is really hard and Thanksgiving, mm -hmm. that's very difficult. What do you say to someone that's maybe lost somebody a long time ago or recently, especially multiple? Yes, uh, I empathize first and foremost, as I have an acronym of forgive. And I want to uh, reiterate that today. And in order to reach that peace, because really forgiveness creates peace within your body instead of dis-ease. Because I realized uh, after a almost fatal accident of a tree falling on me that I was brought down on my knees and God was there to pick me up. And angels, of course, that I am still here today because my voice even was affected. I couldn't speak as clearly as I am today. But I'm here to say that because I rose up, just like Christ is in all of us, he doesn't want us to suffer. He doesn't want us to grieve forever for those that have gone over because they're actually celebrating in heaven. They're actually light beings and they're here to guide us now on this planet Earth. And this is what I decided to do to rechannel my energy instead of being repressed and sad Sure, yes, my mother and brother died four days after my 13th birthday, believe it or not. So and that mm. was just in November. So I totally can empathize with those that lose during these months, because especially compounded loss, one after the other, you can't. And I had that back in 2008, when my father actually um, uh, committed suicide. It was a yeah, really sad uh, scenario. And I realized that it was a, an assisted suicide, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I didn't hear about it until after he didn't make it out of his coma. And mm -hmm. I'm here to say that I've experienced all types of death. And I would not say one is any greater or any less than the other. They're all a form of loss that makes you question your identity. And that's what grief does. And I've written a few articles now in uh, when I became certified in grief therapy that it's a silent loss when you choose not to speak about it. The healing happens when you choose to step outside of it and honor the people that you lose. And that's what happened to me in 2006 when my uncle, my father and my cousin all died in that same year within months of each other. So I know and I can appreciate the compound loss. 
And I really didn't know who I was because I was just going to one funeral after the other, after the other, but I was grieving the aspect of me of not having family to be the bridge to support me through all of that, because I wondered, okay, what was I going to do with the pieces that were left over? And that's what I'm here mm -hmm. to say. The pieces of your heart can be mended once you can connect with that inner child that feels lost and disconnected because that's what happened. Not only because I lost my family at a young age, especially at an impressionable age of 13, yeah. but I didn't know who I was. And every time a death happens, that's what we go through emotionally. There is a cycle of grief where we go through the anger, the denial, the sadness. There, there's a whole cycle of all of it. And I don't want to go into the long um, psychological effects of it, but there is a cycle. And we revisit certain one of those cycles at different stages of our life. And one death after the other can bring up different stages. And that's what happened when my last brother even died is that yeah. I visited all the losses that I had before that in that exact moment, because I was trying to say, okay, where am I going to go from here? What do I need to do? And how am I going to do it? Those are the main three questions that we ask ourselves because really we're looking at ourselves in the mirror, constantly wondering what was it? that had to happen to make this make me realize that I am bigger than my circumstances. Our grief is part of who we are, but it's also what value we give to it. So if we choose to focus on the legacy of those that are gone, then we can channel that energy into positive, constructive ways of, of coping. Because when we choose to grieve the aspect of us that doesn't have the nurturing anymore from that person, whether it be a mother or father or an aunt or uncle or a grandparent, then that is what we're stuck in. That paradigm of uh, a shift needs to happen to say, okay, who needs to champion the inner child? And I know this is kind of like, wow, inner child, I've never thought of it that way. That's true. Because grief basically brings you back to that psychological mindset of prior birth to age seven is where the trauma happens in our mm -hmm. psyche. So when grief happens, it's the same thing. You go into that, what is known, what is familiar. And that is, well, I need my comfort. I need my security. I need my loathing of validation of my emotions. And when it's not there anymore from those that you love that are gone now, that's what you have to do is internalize it and say, okay, what am I going to do for myself? And people forget this because there's mm -hmm. so much giving to everybody else. And I can attest to that. I was in autopilot and giving to everybody else the nurture that I needed for myself. But the nurture comes from nature in itself. That's why they say meditation and being like the tree that's planted, like the yogi teacher uh, instills in us. But when we lose our footing, when we lose our roots, when a loved one dies, that's what truly is happening. We are losing our identity because our roots are pulled up from underneath us. And that's why we need to constantly be reminded that we are in control. We have to be grounded and we choose to do this by a pattern of routine that works for you. And I honestly can say my morning routine is the most important to me and meditation grounding to the core of mother earth, meditating, saying my prayers, connecting to spirit and honestly, like you just opened up our session with a beautiful prayer. And that's what it is. Spirit is all around us. If we want to acknowledge that, but some people are so bombarded with their emotions that they don't 
open to that possibility and it's there. And I know I did it. I went through the dark night of the soul. And in that dark night of the soul, I didn't feel there was anybody there to listen to me, but there is. Does that make sense? No, oh, that makes perfect sense. It does. I got goosebumps, girl. I got goosebumps. Wow. That is so profound. It really is. And, and I'm thinking of a few mamas that have lost some children to suicide themselves and some friends that have lost some you know, good friends to suicide. And I know there's a lot of blame why I should have saw the signs and, and a lot of guilt when you have something like that. So you just said a lot of that so beautifully. Thank you. Mm -hmm. wow. Yes. And losing a child, I must say, I have to talk about this because I sure. thought my whole family was huge, but losing a child is so different. And mm -hmm. I'm talking to moms right now because I know losing my son, Nicholas was the hugest eye opener for my soul to connect with my heart that I had shut down because I felt nobody could relate to me with a child because until you go through it, nobody can really relate. It is so different because it's part of you. It's all your aspirations, all your dreams, all your, your um, desires that you go into life wanting as a child. And then everything that you don't on that child is to build that person up, that little being that's an offspring of yours to become who you want to be because you weren't able to be that as a child. So it's aspects of your heart that go shambled in pieces. And I have a great visual that I do with Sorry, my... you got me crying. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Like our it heart is. really shatters and our heart needs to be put back together. And the mm -hmm. only way we can is if we can nurture ourselves. And, and that day that I had the tree just before COVID happened to me, I had everything flood into me, including the fact that I had lost my children. My my earthly children decided to live with their father, but also I had that feeling of I didn't have my own child here too. So all the grief came at me and I realized it's because I lost myself. And in mm -hmm. losing a child, besides losing a family, you lose yourself because you're so in the nurturing aspect of that, you have to bring in a child that when you lose the child, you say, what did I do wrong? Mm -hmm. How could I have done things differently? You're always questioning and doubting yourself. And the shame and the guilt is what those emotions stay stored in our body and trapped in our body. And I'm here to say that when I started opening up to healing those emotions, mm -hmm. I realized it was just a tuzami inside of me that was ready to explode. And I needed to get down to the core of it to see why I had to feel all of this fully. And it was simply because I disconnected from who I was and what my purpose was here. And I realized, and I talk about it in my two books, that I chose to rise up because I am here still to be that light that somebody else needs, that beacon that they need to see that they have hope, they have grace, they have courage. But most of all, I had to forgive myself. I had to forgive not anybody else but myself. Sure, I've had the murderers that killed my family. Sure, I've had the trauma uh, individuals that hurt me really badly. Sure, I've had a lot of people that didn't understand me in my jobs and in my relationships. Yes, that being all granted, but I forgot who I was. And that's what I am here to say, that people need to feel that you need to peel back the layers of all these raw emotions of shame, guilt, sadness, and definitely fear. 
because it's really fear that holds us back. And really it's nothing more than false reality because really fear is nothing more than just looking ahead instead of being in this present moment. So if we realize today, right now, you and I, Melinda, are able to reach more people by using our voice because we speak from the heart, because we can relate to people and we want to take away their suffering, just like Christ did on the cross to suffer for us. But it's in other people to want to reach out. They have to hear the resonance of the story authentically that we share. And that's what I'm here to say, that if my story resonates with anybody that gives you hope and says, well, I want to know what she did to get there, I encourage you to reach out because I'm here to say that I want to end mental health stigma on a billion lives. That's my legacy that I put awesome. as a pact for myself. That, And also mm -hmm. I want to make suicide extinct because the more we stay suffocated in our emotions of the anger, the sadness, the grief, the shame, and the fear, we mm -hmm. won't be that greatness that even Les Brown speaks of and many other great speakers out there. But even Marianne Williamson says, shrinking small and playing small doesn't play big in this world. You need to step mm -hmm. into your your power. And I'm here to say that because I did and I chose to not give power to those that hurt me, I'm here today. Because if I would have continued to let those that took my family away, take my my joy away, I wouldn't be able to give back to people that I am today. I chose to show up for myself first, then I chose to pull in the resources that I needed and the people to help me see who I was and to peel back that repression of acknowledging that. And that's really what uh, depression is and feeling all the emotions is we repress it and we restrict ourselves and it's like they're not able to breathe the oxygen can't even get through ourselves because we're just like combating we're fighting inside an internal war and we need to expand and open up to the possibilities and it's so effortless once you do but you need to put the pieces back together of your shattered heart and the mm -hmm. only person to do it is you you need to pick up yourself. And that's what I realized that day that I fell down with a tree from a windstorm. I call it the perfect storm in my first book, because mm -hmm. in life we have many storms. And in fact, we had a storm here last night. It was quite windy mm -hmm. and a lot of the tree branches were coming down. And it reminded me that every trauma, every grief that we go through is like a branch of a tree that we fall. And it's whether or not we come back and we pick ourselves up like the tree trunk still stands strong, but the branches keep falling off. And that's what every wound, every trauma, every loss of a loved one is a representation of. If you can look at it as simplistic as that, you can say, okay, I fall down, but what am I going to do to pick myself back up? Because my core is still there of who I am, which is love and forgiveness and peace really when that's what the bible says is that in order to love one another we have to come to that place of forgiveness like christ did for us and and love who we are and we are made of god's image and it's just finding that gratitude in those moments to find the peace and yeah you can't do it alone i'm here to say i didn't do it alone i reached out for the resources i reached out for the support and now I've started a forgiveness tribe for those that are looking for a community to build up each other. So 
I hope your listeners reach out and they uh, want to DM me or message me, or I even have free resources on my, um, my number there that I've given you as well. But uh, mm -hmm. yeah, and I've given you a free offer too for your listeners to do an exercise on there. It's a forgiveness exercise. And it's a it's a little ebook, but it's a forgiveness exercise that you walk through the questions and you see what it is that's holding you back from forgiveness. And really, you see how it percolates to finding forgiveness for you and mm -hmm. writing love letters to yourself. And you don't have to give the letters to anybody that you have to forgive. But what it does is it cuts the energetic cords of you being repressed by those memories. Certainly, you won't forget but you will learn to reach that forgiveness for yourself because you are worth it. Yes. Yeah. And that's something I practice myself in order to find forgiveness and, and just to get rid of some of the memories and say things that I probably couldn't say in person to some people. Mm -hmm. So yes. Wow. This is so powerful. And oh my gosh. I just want to say that why I encourage people to do this exercise that you've just put up on the screen is that, Forgiveness is really the answer to oxygenating your cells because when we get cancer or when we get heart disease or when we get even depression of the chemicals that are shutting down in our brain, mm -hmm. it's something that's not congruent in our body. So that's our cells. Our blood cells get restrictive. They don't feel oxygen. They don't feel possibilities. They don't feel love. They don't feel joy. All the positive uh, energy. So what we have to do is go into the core, the root, uh, like the tree, the root of the issue that caused the pain in the first place. That's what I did to be sitting here speaking to you today. I first certified in neurolinguistic programming back in 2008 because the woman healed herself of cancer that I studied under. Then I revisited that and recertified when that tree fell on my head because I could not even look at daylight, let alone sunlight, let alone walk in a straight line. I was like so dizzy. And that's what our repression of our emotions does. It stampedes on our ability to breathe and we just compress ourselves like uh, the cement gets hardened, you know, over time in our body. And that's what dis-ease dis can do in our body because we feel that we don't have a way out. And I'm here to say that if I can do it as an orphan and trust me, I've had many people walk away from me, including an uncle who was a judge walk away because I was part of the church when I lost all my family. He thought, well, the church is going to take care of her. She's in good hands. So walked away. Family even walked away. And I know there's probably listeners of yours that have family that, you know, have turned their back on them too. So I really want to encourage you that you choose your friends. You can't choose your family because you, you actually come in born into your family. But that being said, you can choose to set boundaries. And that was the biggest lesson that I learned in reaching forgiveness is I set boundaries and I learned that I can put people at a distance, but know that I can trust myself to give myself permission to honor who I was because I knew that I love everybody. I knew that I was working on forgiveness for myself. And once I reach that forgiveness, then that emanates to the world because they say, wow, I want what she has. How does she have that peace? How was she able to put the pieces of her heart back together after one broken piece after another? And I'm here to say, I still do that daily affirmation for myself is that I love you, Kate. I love what you're doing for yourself. I show up for myself. I say all the affirmations and fake it till you make it. And that's what I can honestly say keeps making me make steps forward. 
that that cellular healing that I've done with neuro-linguistic programming, healing from the nervous system, and that's what NLP does, is it heals the nervous system. So you go into a form of meditation, which is like hypnosis, and you go to the repressed emotion, but you're not reliving it. You're just finding that emotion that was triggered in your cells, and you're saying, wow, I acknowledge you for the first time, and I give you voice, and I give you validation, and you release it by giving it forgiveness. And you set those people that you need to forgive around a campfire and you visualize it and it becomes energetically felt in your body where you can release it. And trust me, I'm here as a living example of it, that the day I did that, I was able to look at daylight and sunlight the next day. It was so profound. It was like an anointing that happened just like the day that I was anointed before my mother and brother were killed with missionaries, that it was like a healing, a spontaneous healing, because it's like I saw the vision in my heart that I needed to be healed, that I was worth living. I was worth giving my message to the world to help somebody else have the hope that now I have, because we're here for a purpose. We came into this world choosing our parents because they gave love to us for us to be birthed through them. But now it's for us to carry on in a healthy legacy, not in a painful legacy. So we can bring in more generations after us that are replicating what we want to see in the world. As Gandhi says, be the change you want to see in the world. Yes. Yes. And you've got a bunch of comments here. So I'm going to go through those. I'll give you a moment. Let's see. So Miss Joe, actually Joe's who I was thinking of earlier. Joe, I went through survivor's guilt. Why did I survive cancer when so many family friends didn't? The straw, the straw was, oh yeah, the five-year-old friend's death. Mm -hmm. Once I recognized what it was and I was able to start overcoming it. Yes, so true. And that's exactly what I was saying earlier. Thank you for that, Joe, is that when you get a trigger and a trigger can be really relational or it can be somebody's friend or a a pet even loss can trigger an emotion in you. And you don't know why it's so deep and profound, but it's because something you haven't dealt with in your past. So with um, healing on a cellular level and finding that correlation, the thread, and I want to actually say to our listeners about that because when my first book came out ignite the possibilities um i had imposter syndrome show up and i thought oh wow like why is this happening it's because i did a a neuro-linguistic process and it was three ages at in the womb at age three and at age five i did not feel i was born into love and i didn't feel Mm. love at those ages because i had trauma that occurred at age three and five But at five months old, my parents divorced. So I knew that there was something obviously in the womb that I had felt. So everything Mm -hmm. that happens in this lifetime correlates to an emotion that we can even feel back prior to birth up to age seven years of age. So like Joe was saying that she probably repressed something in her cells and that's what manifested disease because she was the one born into this world to heal her generations that came before her and after her because they knew she was able to handle it and look at how well she's blooming now because she chose to do her work obviously to some degree and then that aspect of her that probably is still needing to be nurtured is like that five-year-old child that her friend lost because that she could relate to a five-year-old child within her like Mm. me when I was stepping into my power and in my truth of 
bringing my story to the world and like I could impact lives. But yet I thought, oh my God, like what if I hurt somebody by what I'm saying, even though I asked permission from all those that I disclosed in my story, if, you know, they were okay with it. But you, you go into this internal dialogue that, you know, you think like the worst, but that's what we need to change. And that's what we need to stop. But when we don't foster that inner child, whether it's a five-year-old, a seven-year-old, or even an infant, because it's never been validated by their parents, by loved ones, or anybody, we have to do it as a champion of our own inner child. And that's why I talk about grief as champion that inner child, because really when we grieve, we're losing an aspect of our authenticity when we choose not to nurture it, not to, like a child, what we would do as the innocent of a child is like, wow, we would give them all the love and the praise and the affirmations and everything mm -hmm. because th they don't know any better. They don't know those words. So we have to instill them in them. So that's what we have to do as adults now to heal on a cellular level and, you know, prevent further disease. And kudos to you, jo Joe, that you're doing your work because you're here manifesting a miracle that you were able to overcome cancer, but still be there for your friends. Wow, that's powerful. And that's what I want to ignite in other people is that you're more powerful than you give yourself credit, because you are here for a mightier mission than you realize. But writing mm -hmm. those love letters with your less dominant hand is so healing, and then oh. burn them. Because I also have shamanism in my background. So when you do this, you're sending a universal message to the universe that you're letting the ashes, okay, as we are ashes to ashes, dust to dust, that is a memory that you're letting go of, which is like the cells of blood cells in your body, you're letting that go and you're freeing it. Like Les Brown, who I'm part of in my second book, Ignite the Hunger in You, mm -hmm. has four times overcome cancer at 77 years of age, four mm -hmm. times, because he chooses to do the same thing. Like he says, he chooses to focus on the positives and not be magnetized to the negatives because that will just compress your, your energy mm -hmm. and make your mindset go into a, a negative Nelly, so to speak. And you, you feel that blackness, that darkness, which you are much more than that. You are light. You are powerful beyond belief. And you just have to learn to harness that. So that's wonderful, Joe. Oh. I commend you and everyone else listening that is on this journey. Please don't do it alone. It's really important to have a witness too. Like Joe must have great friends in her life and reached out for resources and probably others. But I really encourage you that you need that witness because it's like a mere reflection. What I see in you, for example, I am that same quality. Does that make sense? So, that Joe, sense. I see in you the strength and I see the strength in me because I've overcome four near-death experiences. And I'm here to say that I didn't do it on my own. My ego is not what is going to heal me because that's edging God out. That's what ego represents, edging God out. But when you can go into your soul and see that your sole purpose is here for a mightier mission and is full of love and forgiveness for yourself first by giving yourself self-compassion. That's what heals cancer. That's what heals dis-ease. That's what mends the broken hearts. That's what helps you keep giving back to your friends when you feel like you have no hope, but being there for someone else gives you hope because the channel of energy comes back full force to you. Does that make sense? That makes sense. And she said, answered by looking at roots. Yes. Roots. Yeah. And she, there's, there's a couple more things that, uh, let's see, let's get through these. Miss Joe, 
where do you start if your oak tree has been hit by an E5 tornado and it now is now in splinters? Oh, wow, oh, Joe, Joe. I, my heart goes out to you because believe it or not, it was an oak tree that fell on my head, like wow. smacked on my head. So you're Whoa. speaking my language, girl. Um, and what I did is I put the pieces back together one step at a time. Do not negate every step of the way. As Tony Robbins even says, every step in the healing process is worth it. It is for a reason. Do not rush it. Every motion has a season attached to it. As Canada, we have four seasons. We go through all the different seasons. Emotions, grief, uh, repression of, of any kind of disease is also a season. So we have to learn to nurture it. And right now we're in winter. So this is a perfect time to dive into those emotions, reach out to someone. If I resonate with you, reach out to me. There's many things I can do to give you free resources and support, but also having a network. That's what's really helped me. When I didn't feel I had support around me, I created it. I actually found Roger Love, who is, um, uh, he is a, an amazing gentleman who helps actors and actresses find their voice. And I found him online and I did his course. And then what I did is I used that course material and I created a group. So then we bound our forces together because we all wanted to rise up together. We all wanted to find our voice and, and, you know, develop it in whatever we wanted to become. And I'm here to say that because of that, I have stepped into my truth because I was able to create a community. Community of support is where it happens. If you don't have the support of your family, you have to create your own community. That community is in your control to create. And this is where the power lies because your family, you couldn't create. And actually sometimes our family can be the pull of magnetism to unroot us as opposed to build us up and strengthen us. So we need to find people that are going to build us up and that are on the same like-mindedness as we want to go. And that's what I did. I drew that in because I put the purposeful intent of prayer manifestation through meditation and I just walked my talk every single day and practiced journaling, writing those letters. Everything I say, I do. I'm not one to speak and not do it. I live it. I breathe it. I walk it. And I'm here to say the more you do it, like working a muscle, as I just finished having shoulder surgery, I realized that I shoulder too much of the pain and the suffering by myself over the years. In healing, even from a shoulder and a bicep surgery, I realized that I had to pick myself up. No one else was there to do it. But what I did by doing that, I can commend myself and give myself big hugs and pats on the back because I can't give my power away to somebody else to say, oh, doctor, you gave me that power. No, I gave it to myself because I said, okay, I need to reach out for help. I need to pull in that resource. So writing every single day that you did it, I am grateful that I was able to survive cancer, Joe. Like, that's amazing. I am here to rise up and help other also cancer survivors. Come and also um, go on my clubhouse. I have a clubhouse, which is a free app. I don't know if your listeners know about that, but I have an app every Friday night and Sunday night. We have the Power of Forgiveness room. And awesome. in there, people share awesome stories of how they've reached forgiveness or their journey on forgiveness. So that's also a free resource to tell your, 
your listeners to reach out. And in there, we decided to uh, do a poetry room on Sunday night. So any writing or any creative uh, juices that you have flowing because of your healing journey through forgiveness, we share it on Sunday night. So tonight at seven o'clock, you can come on there and you can share that. So it's Power of Forgiveness and you can find my name, follow me, and then you'll find my name and uh, I can put you on my uh, list of followers and you can come to that too. Because again, it's a free community. That's what we need. I have saved mm -hmm. lives on Clubhouse, a man that had a knife through his hand and really didn't feel any hope. And I was able to get him to safety, believe it or not, and get him awesome. help. And I'm here to say no one should be suffering in silence. Mm -hmm. And when you feel those roots, like Joe just said, uprooted, there's a reason why it's because you didn't feel trust with those people that you have around you. So it's important mm -hmm. first and foremost to establish boundaries for yourself that you're not going to allow those people in anymore. And you're going to only resonate and set the path that you're going to only pull in people that are aligned to your mission and your passion awesome. and your truth. Does that help? That helps. And she says she didn't do it on her own. Talking about it with others was very cathartic. And I do have a comment from Miss. Nadine too. She said, would this topic also relate to moving on in life after a divorce? Oh, yes. Yes, most definitely. Nadine, you're speaking my language again, uh, because that day that that tree fell on my head, I had just left a marriage myself and I had just had a house fire and I just had a son uh, that had gone through, you know, a suicidal ideation. And so I had compounded issues that were surrounding leaving my marriage. And I must say, because I reached personal forgiveness, I am now better friends with my children's father than I was as a partner in that marriage. And that's the power of forgiveness. So when you can come to the recollection that that marriage was exactly what it needed to be for you in that season, that moment, that year, it was 21 years that I left behind in that marriage. So there was a lot of me that I had to grieve. I had to honor, but I also had to let go of the attachment to why I went through what I did. But I realized I took ownership over it. Mm -hmm. I didn't take the ownership away from the situation or give him power over me. I took ownership back. And that is the key in divorce because divorce is uh, a stepping stone to finding who you authentically are. We mm -hmm. only pull in the people around us to resonate with us with where we're at at the moment and that marriage of mine i felt was uh, a vow that i could not get out of because i really took my marriage vow seriously so i had to get a lot of healing uh, energetic healing i went to many counseling sessions over the years a lot of therapy okay so i'm not here to negate that any of those don't work but really what truly worked for me is to go in and heal my nervous system because I was in hypervigilance. I was in hyper alert. And I thought no one's going to come back into my life and hurt me again. And it wasn't my children's father that instantly hurt me. It was actually those that hurt me when I was a child. And mm -hmm. that husband of mine that I magnetized into my life was trying to help me heal. But it wasn't in the way that I was ready and open to receive at every uh, season that was in that marriage. So that's when I started to see the full picture that 
he was only capable of doing so much. I had to do the work for myself. But because I was so much in the caregiving role and giving, 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 nurturing him, because he was also a baby of the family and he lost his mother just before we got married. So I was about filling that void. I was about, you know, but mm. the void was in me. So do you see how I was going outside of myself instead of going within? And I was missing the piece, P-E-A-C-E inside of me because there was missing pieces of the puzzle of connectedness, of my identity, of my fragmented childhood that I felt abandoned, rejected, isolated. And even those that walked away from me that were my family, I felt betrayed. So what I did is I was attracting that to myself that people couldn't relate to me emotionally. Like even my children's father said, well, when are you going to be healed? He was so far removed that healing is a journey. It's definitely not a destination. There's no set timeline for even grief that you can tell someone, oh, in six months, you're going to be healed over that. You can't mm -hmm. tell anybody that. It's depending on what compounded losses, what compounded traumas you had leading up to that loss that also affects your emotional um, intelligence. That's what I want to call it is emotional intelligence is when our mind can get unstuck you know like a clock tower has those grooves in it well mm -hmm. we get locked into that groove that we only think that that's the only answer and the only way at looking at things but when we can get out of our comfort zone and out of our own way we can open up our horizons and see that he was only a messenger and it was up to me to take back my power to use the keys that i knew to unlock the doors of my heart to open up to more possibilities. And that's what I did by reaching out for therapy over the years to unravel all that was fragmented in my heart and in my mind, but my soul was lost. So I really encourage those that are listening, going through divorce, find your soul purpose. If you're here really on a mission, wanting to know what that is, I can help you because I knew in my heart that my mission was bigger and better than what I was giving myself credit for. But until I healed that little child within me, she could not stand strong. She did not feel the roots underneath her. She did not feel she had a voice because her mother taught her to be in the background. My mother taught me what, stay, what went on in the home stayed in the home. So I automatically didn't feel that I could voice anything that I could relate to other people. So what I did is I stayed in the background. I helped many people with disabilities for over 20 years stand into their truth because they had lack of ability to use their limbs. So I, I felt safe there because I thought, well, I have my limbs so I can help them. I can give them a voice. I can help them use what they have to be that instrument to others. And that's where I found my gift. And a lot of people find it working with elderly people. So when you can feel your energy is giving back in a, a way that you're actually feeling fulfilled, that is where without being drained, I must add that because if you're physically burnt out, you need to step back and you need to say, okay, I need to take care of me. But like me, I went into the caregiving role automatically, even in my partner, because he had lost his mother and he was a baby and he lost his twin as well. So I found somebody that had a lot of loss to begin with, you know? So he, I thought on an energetic level, he could relate to me, but emotionally he was unavailable. So that's what I found in a relationship too. We can get into relationships that are emotionally unavailable because they've not gone through trauma. It's not their fault. We might have too much trauma and we just don't know how to deal with it. So we're hoping for validation. We're hoping for a mere effect to build us up.
So try to focus your energy on that and say, universe, God, source, whatever you your ener energy or higher power, we'll call it, is, start calling in on that and say it in a prayer form, write it in a journal, or say it in your car or in your home where nobody has to hear you, but energy goes with intent. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. That does. Nadine says, that's what I'm in search of, my life's purpose. I need to move out of this state and I'm hitting the road, a roadblock as to where I should move. First thing is you did, you acknowledged it. She did. That's the first thing you acknowledged it and you publicly now stated it. So that is giving two steps in the right direction. Then thirdly is to pull in and say, where are the resources that I need next to navigate this? Because as the adult in you wants to champion that inner child, you are obviously reaching out to a podcast such as this that resonates with you. So it's another step in the right direction because the first step that it took for me is to acknowledge where my weaknesses were and where my strengths were. Mm -hmm. Write it on a piece of paper where your strengths and your weaknesses are. See it in black and white and then say, okay, what's the next step I need to do to reach more of those strengths and to heal those weaknesses? Because that's all they are. If we can look at them as that, the weaknesses really are fears that really aren't manifesting unless you give them power. Right. So if you step into the reality of that, they're only emotions to go through us, just like every tear. I tell all of my uh, clients that I see that are dealing with grief, every tear is 72 toxins that you're releasing from your body. So if you go into cathartic writing to your inner child or uh, pouring out whatever you need to those loved ones that hurt you, Get it out and cry those tears. Mm -hmm. Put a picture of you as an inner, uh, innocent child in front of you as you do it and say all the things that you would want that child to have been told by those adults that could have or should have, but didn't help you and didn't support you, but hurt you. So tell them. And even if it's rage, get it out and then get a pillow or something that you can get physically, get your emotions out because that is really cathartic. But having somebody there to help you or even, you know, like virtually, I have found so much support that people are reaching out virtually that is helping them because they can see the growth in each other, like through Zoom and through Facebook groups, through uh, like even Clubhouse, hearing your voice, you get validation. And I had one gentleman. I just am feeling called to say this for your listeners is he came in and he thought he was being going to be judged. So he just spoke a few little words and the more we held sacred space. And that's why I call my, my company sacred roots is because when we can hold that sacred space of like a, an invisible cradle for each other to be nurtured and just to show up for whatever you are in that moment, even if it's just an aspect of you that feels fear, that's okay. Welcome it. So we just embrace you for who you are. And by doing that with this gentleman, he was able to come back week after week. And now I've made him a co-host and he leads the group. And now he's writing, whereas wow. he didn't say more than maybe two words to introduce himself. And because we were just standing as a witness on an app that he didn't even meet us face to face, he was able to step into his greatness and find that voice within him to reason that. So I encourage you to do that and anybody else that it resonates with, because that is where it takes you to owning your truth. And your voice is the biggest thing that you could ever heal in this world is that you need to be heard, you need to be seen. But most of all, you need to be felt that you're being supported unconditionally. 
And that's what I can honestly say I do because I know what it's like to not have it. So I go to the utmost to prevent people from feeling that abandonment and rejection and create that sacredness. Does that make sense? Oh, yes. And this is a lot of how I got to be where I'm at now. I mean, the, the journal writing and so much, so many other things, because I felt like I lost my voice. I didn't mm -hmm. know who I was. So I can totally identify with your healing, what you did there too, and the, the writing and burning it and all that other goodness. I, I do. So you're, you're my soul sister, my mm -hmm. sister of woo. I love that. Yes, that's awesome. <laughs> Joe has a, a really long one. Um, a really long one. I'd like maybe you can look at after you're done in the comments okay. on Facebook. It, it's really beautiful. Um, but yes, oh my goodness. I do have one final thing I want to ask. So would that work with the last one we were discussing about your inner child and uh, people that hurt you? Would this also, and I, I'm, I already know the answer, but would this also work for somebody that has passed on? Maybe that has traumatized you, uh, maybe a husband or mm -hmm. somebody you didn't, you feel like Many times I know I experienced this myself. I felt like I didn't have closure in my relationship. My person's, I'll never be, well, God is a powerful God, but I don't see that I'll ever get the closure that I'm looking for. But, and he's still alive. I know many victims and survivors have somebody that's passed on and they were never able to voice the anger wow. and frustration. Is that something that- Thank you for saying that because yes, this is, there is hope in this. Uh, I want to, walk your uh, listeners through this because I, all my family, um, except for one that I really had issues to have to forgive were deceased, but believe it or not, I was still angry. I was angry that they left before I could have that closure. I was angry at why did they have to cause the pain? And then their happiness is, is there because on the other side, they're, they're in joy, they're in bliss, they're watching over us, they're whatever, but yet we're the ones suffering here on earth. So yes, I had to walk through that grief. And I realized that I was projecting that grief on my ex-husband. I was projecting that grief, that repression of emotions on everyone around me, even in my career, it was affecting me because nobody understood me that I was a workaholic to cope. I gave my energy in all these other areas and I was trying to be everything to everyone, but I was forgetting about me. So, and why I was doing that is because I was looking for validation. I was looking for acknowledgement. So it will show up in your life in other ways until you choose to address it. So I'm here to honestly say what happened to me when my last brother was murdered, it took me seven years to go through the court system. And I volunteered for that because I, I knew there was something big there for me to heal. And what I did is I made that murderer become the catalyst of all of those that I had lost mm -hmm. up to that moment. So I used every victim impact statement, letter writing, whatever. And even I had a friend say, well, you don't need to write that. I'm like, yes, I do. Don't tell me what I don't need to write and what mm -hmm. I should not write. I'm going to write it. And I poured out my heart and soul and everything. Sure, I had many witnesses, but I made him. He was the, the driving force that opened up that and then became the gift. Because I really want your listeners to understand that your trauma can become your gift. Because that gift then can be what you give to the world. Because your mess is your message. And I'm here to say that because I've written two books, I am helping people 
give voice to their story so they can also rise up and say, wow, my message can be somebody else's medicine, as one of my co-authors said. And even as Les Brown says, is the only way that you can become great is if you can acknowledge that you're great to begin with. But if you see only your darkness and only your repression of your grief and those that hurt you, then you're staying giving them power and they don't want that power. You're giving them more power than they deserve. You need to harness back that power and say, like I chose to do, step into it. Because all the people that murdered my family, believe it or not, didn't serve time behind bars. Yeah. Isn't that sad? That they did sad. not. There was no accountability there. Sure, they had like um, halfway homes. My last, my brother's murder spent time in a home with six other individuals, but that was not jail. That was no. not going into soul searching, soul wrenching work like I've had to do to heal from all of this. But so I said to myself, okay, why isn't he behind bars? So why am I keeping myself behind bars in repression Ooh. from all those that hurt me from a young little child to even before I was born, I didn't feel the love from my father. And trust me, my father was a hermit. He actually suffered from mental health. He was the black sheep of his family and truly didn't reach out to even love his own two children that he had. In fact, until his son died with my mother, he finally said, oh, he had a daughter. And then there was no relationship there because I didn't have a rapport with him. He thought, well, he'll try to save himself and become that father. But time had gone. Time had lapsed. So I then decided to nurture that when I had children and then he of course died because he was so cemented in his mindset that woe was him, that he was the only one suffering because he had lost his parents at a young age that he couldn't heal. And I chose to get out of that myself. And that's what we can all do. Even though our loved ones are gone and we can't have closure, we have to do it for ourselves consciously because subconsciously there's 90% of our behaviors are stuck in our past of our traumas, but only 10% are we choosing to do what we need to do in our life? So let's make that 10% bigger by being aware and listening to podcasts like this, listening to other people that have gone through healing journeys to say, wow, if she can do it, I can do it. Just like that gentleman on Clubhouse said to me, Kate, you gave me hope because I thought my situation was the worst until I heard yours. And it's not about my story being worse than anybody else's. But in that moment, that snapped him into reality that, mm -hmm. oh my God, like I still have family, I still have friends, I still have all of this. So it snapped him into realizing that only an aspect of him was being stuck. But his whole heart still had love to give because he had a loving relationship. And by staying hidden and staying secret about it wasn't doing him any good. So now he's out in the open, he's flourishing in his career because he's actually owning his truth and he's not hiding anymore behind the false reality of stuckness of emotions of you know that sadness that grief that even guilt mm -hmm. and the shame i must say those were my two biggest ones to heal and i'm here to say they can keep showing up until you want to heal them because shame is only the power that you give it and the guilt is not really yours to have to begin with your loved ones that are gone or even those that you've put you know a, a boundary to and you don't want they don't want that responsibility you need to take it back and say, okay, I harness it and I am here for a purpose because then your, your energy won't be expanded. I don't know if anybody understands auras, but your energy of your aura gets um, dark 
and bleak when you feel those repression of emotions, but you need to constantly work at them and shield your energy and only embrace it with positive light, like the violet light to bring in the vibrancy that you want to have in your life. And I want to say that once you do that, that 90% of your subconscious will then become grower in your consciousness to say, okay, I have the ability to harness my mind and not let it get taken away by all these repression of emotions of lack of closure, because I, I have healed and in burning those letters, I can honestly say that those loved ones, I give now love and blessing to. And I say, thank you for the teachings. Thank you for the blessings. And when I can come back to gratitude, my heart then expands. And your heart is seven layers deep. Remember that. People don't realize that energetically. We're seven layers deep. So we have to heal one layer at a time, just like an onion. Yes. Heals. Yes. You know? And I love it. And I've been sharing with them too about zipping up your energy. So remember that, ladies and gentlemen. Mm -hmm. energy the bubbles yes. remember all that goodness we're gonna go ahead oh nadine says she loves you she loves mm -hmm. this guest <laughs> thank, thank you. you yes and all the information nadine you can find in the comment section as well so you can go ahead and follow her and so on and so on she said thank you thank you thank you mm -hmm. awesome. thank you because when you can see love in somebody else you see it mirrored in yourself that yes. you can resonate with the story but also you can see the growth in somebody else because you're willing to go there yourself yes. i'm not taking any credit for this i just showed up nadine and i connected and um we just made a, a pack that we were going to do this work together and we are on this journey together and if we can look at the whole universe as one and we can only become stronger if we look at us as the one as i was on a radio show not long ago and that was her tagline that you know that the work in healing is when we can acknowledge each other as the one when you hurt i hurt and when you want to blossom, I want to be there to encourage you to blossom and grow yes. and to be that strong oak tree and not feel broken. Even though I look outside every day and I see that branch uh, off of my oak, uh, oak tree, but I still see the root is there. And that's who we are. We are rooted here for a reason. We're planted and it's what we need to do to grow and expand our energy. Sure, our branches might fall and crumble, but our energy can be lifted up and that aura really needs to be nurtured every single day. And that's why meditation, prayer, manifestation can happen. It truly can, but you have to believe it. But first, accept, acknowledge, then go in and believe that you can do the work and show up for yourself and then start pulling in the resources and walk the talk. And before we go, I want to just share my forgiveness acronym. Is that okay? I know oh, I've yes, been talking please. a lot. No, no, no. Please okay. Do. <laughs> so... Forgive. So each of the letters means something for me. And this is what my my whole branding is around to help people. So the F for me was finding the freedom through forgiveness, because in the freedom, I was al allowing myself to find that truth that was within inside of me, but was only stampeded on because of all the trauma, all the grief, all the sadness, all the repression of emotions over time. So once I could see the bridge to the other side, I was able to find that freedom. Now, it took work and it does take work. But the O in forgiveness is because I opened my heart. I was able, <clears throat> excuse me, as I, even my throat is clearing, my open heart is what allowed me to forgive for myself first. 
And I want to say I work at that still every day because mm -hmm. if we can forgive ourselves for, you know, even being a little aggravated sometimes at, you know, certain things people say, or even we lose our temper sometimes, we have to forgive ourselves. So I say that Honopono prayer. I'm so sorry. Mm -hmm. Please forgive me. I love you. I thank you. I say that every single day and I put my hands on my heart and it just pours into my heart because your energy goes with intent, right? Your chakras are in your hands too. So open your heart for the O and forgive. And then R is open your heart further to receive. That was my biggest lesson that even Les Brown taught me in this book that I was writing with him is that I didn't know how to receive. I was all about giving, 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 because I was looking for gratification affirmation from everybody else that I didn't get as a child. But when I learned to receive and say, God, I'm here, I'm ready, because my one side of my body was overworked, which is your right side, which is your giving side. But my receiving side was underworked because I wasn't able to receive. Now I can honestly say I'm doing it in balance because I keep putting out there to the universe. I want everything in balance, not to be unbalanced. So open your heart and learn to receive because you are the gift once you can receive and in giving the gift you can receive so much back so mm -hmm. open that and that's what i'm doing here is i'm opening even further to you all and then the i for sorry the g for forgive so the g is the gift that you are to the world and the i is following your intuition to be able to listen to that inner god whisper inner silence that is golden for everybody to acknowledge inside of you. And when you can listen to that prodding, oh, I don't need to go to that person right now because they're not in a good energy. I need to protect my energy. Discerning that and listening to that. As a little child, that was robbed from you because if you face trauma like I did of abuse, you didn't know what you could voice and what you couldn't voice. So listening and rebirthing that in your intuition is really key. And then the V is to find those values every day, write them down and say, I'm going to follow these values and I'm not going to betray myself and begrudging myself of valuing myself enough to say, I love myself enough today that I'm not going to go and, you know, do something that I'm not able to be fully present to do. And that's what I've had to learn to discern. Like even when I was working four jobs, I should have been able to say, oh no, today I'm too tired. But because I was looking at my pocketbook needed that money to pay my bills, I didn't look at myself. So my energy was depleted. So my aura went down and I wasn't protected energetically. So then my body started physically getting worn down and then I started getting injured. So really discern your values and your energy by listening to your inner intuition. And then the E, most importantly, like what we're all doing today is give yourself empathy. Empathy is not taught. It is learned by your own walk and your talk. And I can honestly say I could empathize with other people being a, a Canadian mental health advocate. I was a great listener, but I didn't listen to my own needs. And I was always showing up for everybody else. But the empathy needs to be for yourself first and empathize with yourself. And then when you can hold that space for other people, then it's coming full circle and you can feel fulfilled and filled up like I am right now after this podcast hearing from your listeners that fills me up that I've spoken to at least one person every day as a little girl that's what I wanted in my life is I wanted to help one person now it's a billion lives that I want to help save from the mental health trauma that they've gone through and and suicide totally so I hope I've impacted your listeners and I just hope that um, I've inspired someone 
to create that voice with inside of them to come out of hiding and step into your greatness. Oh, oh, that was beautiful. Thank you. I could talk to you all afternoon. Oh my gosh. Like I said, everything just resonates. Everything, you know, your mission. That's my, my thing with the Lord. When I started this, it's like, okay, God, if I can help one person, if one person gets, and I might never, ever meet that person and that's fine too. But you know, he knows. Mm-hmm. He knows. Oh, thank you That's so right. much. Thank I you. know, I know, Miss Joe and Nadine here. I know you've helped them for sure, and I, you are going to help so many others, not just from this podcast, but the others that you've been on as well. Oh, I'm so thank happy you. for you. Thank you for blessing us for being here. I appreciate it, and just stay on for just another moment. But I am going to close right now. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in and watching. Can I just tell them about my book? That oh, that's just right. Released? Yes, please go ahead. Um, the ignite the <clears throat> excuse me the hunger in you. These okay. two books are not for any profit from me. They're all about giving back to the school in Cambodia. So if you download awesome. it today for only a dollar ninety nine. Two bricks go towards building a school in Cambodia for underprivileged children. So I have the Ignite the Hunger in You and Ignite Possibilities. They both can be found on Amazon. But this one is really special because it's with Les Brown. And he's living his legacy through telling his story in here, which is really profound. All of us 35 authors. It's not just my my story in here. It's a total of 35 authors in each of them that tell a chapter. So it's an inspiring book to pick up every single day. You have a chapter a day to read and it inspires you. And there's action steps also on the back. So I'm all about resources. So this is a project that I wanted to become part of so other people can find a resource that they can pull in. So do go and check that out. So you can have a book in your hands to find the the resource and the support that uh, help them get through what they went through in life. And there's all kinds of stories in there. And that was Ignite Your Life? Ignite the Hunger in You is with Les Brown. And Ignite Possibilities is the other one. I'm going to grab that one right now from Amazon. We find that. Yeah. Ignite the Hunger in You. I hope that's the right one. Maybe I should. Well, let's see. Yep, that looks like it's right. Les Brown. So let me go ahead and grab that. I'm going to share that in the comments. So if anybody is interested in that, by all means, go grab that. Yeah, I'll go ahead and share that. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Going to copy that. I got it right now. And we're going to share that in the comment section. And here you guys go. It's a long one. Sorry, I didn't shorten it. But hopefully you guys will get that. But thank you. Thank you. Awesome. If not, I'll go back and, and rework that. But thank awesome. you so much. No, thank you. And thank you all for watching and joining us today. I hope you have a great rest of your day. And I will be back soon. Actually, I'll be back tomorrow with another great story. Thanks again for tuning in. Bye.